Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so how's it going, Tabby? Having fun? Oh, I yeah. Am. So uh, I could not wait to get down to the southern part of California. Like you were so excited southern. to see me? Well, for sure, because of that. Tab traveled this time, guys. I did. And, you know, the traffic to Newport balls was a little balls but the traffic to san diego was a real balls oh yeah that was a real i mean we should have taken the train oh yeah but let me tell you it was like the four-hour car ride didn't matter for what happened like the eight hours of the day before that what happened like before up. okay so my son i think I already told you guys that he is now in school or like summer school. Uh Uh-huh. You know, my little one like puked the first day he went. Uh Yeah. So I get a call from the principal and he's been in the office twice already. So then I'm like, oh, God, okay. That, you know, doesn't make me feel good. No. And I keep moving throughout my day. I go pick him up and I bring the dogs because I'm like, okay, this is going to cheer him up and it's going to be great. And so we pick him up with the dogs in the car 
And then I go pick up my other son from soccer camp with the dogs in the car. And I just got my car cleaned. Okay. Okay. I see my dog and he starts like heaving. Oh, yeah. I know that heave. And he's sitting on the console of the car. And I'm like, oh, God, he's going to freaking puke all over this car that I just got washed. And listen, for me to get my car washed, it's I don't have like the hour and a half to sit there. Yeah. You know. So you know what I did? What? I put my hand under the dog's mouth and I caught oh my throw God, up my, my, my oh my hand God. while I'm driving into the parking lot of the soccer camp. Listen, okay. I always have a giant plastic cup, like some old, like, you know, I had ju- I souvenir have- cup from somewhere, somewhere within reach because you never know when puke is going to oh fly. Oh my God. So I usually do also, but because I just got the car washed the night before, I took everything out of my car, including the wipes. So it was oh my God. so gross. You can't not have the I wipes. I almost puked myself. I'm like, oh my God, how that did is this gross. just happen? How did I just catch my dog's puke? Dog okay, puke is gross. way worse than kid puke. Oh, it's... Oh, it's making me sick just thinking <laughs> Sorry, about it. Sorry, guys. I know that is so gross. So I just was like, can I just get to Orange County, please? And I forget what else happened. Something else like, I I don't know. I was like, I got to get in the car. My suitcase rolled, hit a car down the road. I mean, it was, I couldn't wait to just be. Well, what was the, what was the deal with school? Why did we go to the principal's office? He's a runner. Oh, he's a runner. He ran out of class and they said, you know, that's very dangerous. I mean, it's a closed campus, so I don't know how dangerous it really it really is. is. But, you know, they don't want him running around the Yeah. Well, maybe he'll adjust. He's like that wild horse. They call that eloping in the special ed. Oh yeah. Crowd. Yeah, he's an eloper. He is. You know, he's a nervous child, so I just have to kind of scare him a little bit. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that was a bummer. And then we made it down to Gretchen's hood and we had a fabulous time. Oh, yeah. Showed him around the OC. Yeah. So, you guys, I don't know if you saw our Instagram stories. We were having a good time. <laughs> Didn't feel so good in the morning. No. But we hit the Q-dub. The quiet woman. The quiet woman. So... All the Housewives of OC fans out there, you know where this is. Oh, yeah. I had no idea because I am, you know, stuck under a rock when it comes to television. Mm-hmm. Although I know some OC, but anyhow. No, I knew that there was a fight there. I did see that episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. However. It's a hot spot. It's a hot it's spot. It's excellent people watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're wanting to dance with Hugh Hefner. Mm-hmm. I mean, straight from the grave, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was wearing a sequence jacket. He was we met, He was a delightful gentleman. Don't hate on him. <laughs> he was delightful. I mean, the sunglasses from the 70s in The Quiet Woman with the sequence jacket. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah, it's a real mixed crowd. It is. It is. Oh, and then we went to the polar opposite. Yeah, we went to Sharky's. Yeah. Is that what That was your husband's fault, by the way. It was my husband's fault. He was like, this place looks fun. Let me tell you what I had to do with the Sharkies, people. Okay, there was a long line to the bathroom. Three stalls. 
<laughs> Most people doing probably coke inside of each Probably. <laughs> right. But mommy's got to go. So one stall door is like open and no one's going in there. So I'm like, I'm just going to oh, check Oh my out. God. I totally forgot, forgot you did this. this. Yeah. I was like, let me just check out and see how bad oh, it is. Oh God. And it's just like some toilet paper backed up in the toilet. <laughs> it wasn't like overflowing or anything, but there was a plunger right there next to it. Gretchen seriously starts plunging so the I toilet it. at the club. Okay. I wiped it down with some sanitizing wipes. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. All these little girls started videotaping me. 18 <laughs> like, year olds. I, like I, I was like, the mommy just came in. Yeah, you were. Hello. Uh, we were old as F in listen, this club. And then I turned to all of them and said, I think I deserve to cut in line, ladies. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Like, I'm taking this one. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're that was welcome. So funny. I'm going to post that video because I was also <laughs> videoing you. That's so funny. Then we hopped in the car for another two hours to get down to the Del Mar races. Which, More than that. Yeah, right. It was like two traffic was so bad. So, so we got to the horse races and, you know, we were a little like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot in the news about the horse races. Yeah. But we really, the thing is, though, I love horses and I love gambling. I know. I mean, we really like gambling. We like gambling a lot. I think, I mean, yeah. And we're winners. Yeah, we were winners, but I mean, not like huge winners, but. Oh, we won, you know, I won $9.60. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, good for you. My husband won 120 bucks at one I know, point. That's good. And my husband won 85 or 86 bucks, but. I don't think my friend Lauren. Did she not win anything? I don't think they won. Oh, no. kind of bad. Yeah. But hi, Lauren. I hope she had a good time. Yeah, I hope hi, she Lauren. did, too. She's a great friend. She's a good listener. Yeah. Thanks for listening. One of the horses went wild. I know. I think maybe. The, yeah. The jockey fell off and the horse took off like it was not having any racing. Yeah. And then we both were like, ooh, yeah. We got to find maybe another excursion. I really just like that we plan something and then we all get together. Me too. And Gretchen said, instead of... Um, and I'm always the one that plans it. So maybe Tab can think of something. Well, I'll plan the UFC. She said, we're oh. going to just bet on humans Oh, people. Now. Yeah. 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 Although, you know, people protest that too. Well, I am not into violence. It's a sport. I mean, I am. Those guys I talk train like <laughs> crazy. And let me tell you, I got a girl crush on Amanda Nunez too. Oh, I know. You just, you just did. Yeah. I know. So anyways, then we went out in San Dan Diego. Oh, my gosh. Comic-Con, you guys, is going on right now. Oh. Bananas. Bananas. I mean, everybody is dressed up like some crazy superhero. My husband is on this kick about running with the bulls for his 40th birthday. And I'm like, just walk the streets. It's crazy. (laughs) Crazy here. (laughs) Here. Seriously. The mobs of people are insane. Uh, Yes. It is insane. And they're dressed up. Listen. Like Hellboy. And that Riddler girl was on fire. Yeah, it's it's something, you guys. I mean, we thought CrimeCon was something. Nothing on Comic-Con. No, that's not <laughs> something else. No. But it's fun. It's good people watching. Oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. And now we're in the La Jolla. Yeah. Because that's where our crime occurred. Where am I, earthquake? 
I certainly hope not. I'm not down. <laughs> it just felt like we were. <laughs> oh my god, had enough earthquakes lately. Yeah. So, La Jolla, it's sleepier than the downtown crowd. Yeah, but it's I'm glad nice. we went downtown. Yeah. Yeah. What was that restaurant? We got to shout born out that restaurant. Ra- born and raised. Born and raised. I mean, if anybody comes to San Diego or lives in San Diego and has not been to this restaurant, it is amazing and beautiful and awesome. Yeah. And probably like way too expensive. No, I looked at the I looked it all up. Oh, you did? Oh, because we didn't actually get to eat there. We just got a drink there and then just salivated over all the <laughs> people were eating and then we had to go to another restaurant you have to make reservations by the way don't think you can show up and eat there yeah no I mean it's just like your normal steakhouse like nothing wasn't too it certainly wasn't more expensive than the place we ended up eating oh well okay yeah I mean it's definitely worth it then drinks were good drinks were amazing table side uh drinks table side everything Caesar salad Uh uh-huh dessert fire Mm -hmm. cool cool okay so I'm gonna tell you no, I'm tell going me back to La Jolla. Okay. I'm going to tell you about a guy named John Watson. Okay. He was born in Britain and he was very, very bright and hugely driven, much like our husbands. Okay. He went to Cambridge for college and then moved to the United States on a Fulbright Scholar at Indiana University, where he earned his master's degree in marketing and finance. Now, do you know what a Fulbright Scholar is? No, but my maiden name is Albright. That reminds me of it. <laughs> Fulbright. You know, sometimes I actually, they would call me Halfbright, you know, stuff like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Hilarious. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is so, yeah. that's like what you were teased with, right? Mm-hmm. Are you Albright or are you Halfbright? Right. You're like, no, I'm Fulbright. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, a Fulbright scholar is a type of education where an international student comes here or we send U.S. students internationally and they do research and learn and write reports. And basically it's like for the greater good of the school, the university and the country. Okay. So there's only so many that are given out every year. Yeah. Sounds fancy. Yeah. And this guy got one and he came over here and after he earned his master's degree, he went to work for like super good companies. For like over 30 years, he served in various marketing, managerial, and executive positions at companies like Johnson & Johnson, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. I am. Although you don't use it. Johnson & Johnson for your baby. No. Only Hello Bello. Right. Wyeth Laboratories, ICN Pharmaceuticals. So basically, he was like in the pharmaceutical industry. And then he got into like biotech, where he eventually became like the CEO and the president of Ionian Technologies in San Diego. Oh, yeah. And that's what brings us here. So he, I mean, he had great accomplishments. I mean, working for all these crazy companies, it's like big deal. Oh, yeah. And he also, which was one of his like strong points, I think, helped one of his companies help create the HIV medication. Okay. Yeah. So after all these years, these 35 years, he became a millionaire. Once okay. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he was not married. Okay. And he was a millionaire a couple times over, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. 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 Big pharma, big money. That's right. Yeah. 
Big vaccines, big money. Yeah. So he didn't have a wife, though. And he was good looking. Blonde hair, blue eyes, tall. I mean, he's millionaire. I don't know. He should have gone to the Q-Dub. Could have picked one up right quick. (laughs) Oh, I mean, he might have been like, even at 64, he might have been 20 years too young. Listen, there were some 20s hanging out there Mm -hmm. waiting to get picked up. They were, yeah. Yeah. They were. One of those guys wanted to pick me up. Oh, yeah. They didn't even care. Sean was standing right next to me. (laughs) (laughs) This guy was like, there was this, she was like the bar greeter, this Oh yeah, nice fiery little lady walking. Well, she I shouldn't say she was little. She was tall. Yeah, she was tall, and she was walking around. And these guys were talking, and oh, it was so awkward. They said like, "Oh, is that your friend?" They were so excited because they thought her friend was Tabitha, and she's like, "No, that's my friend over there." And they were like, "Oh." (laughs) She's like, "I'm not with her." What I wish I was. So in 2008, at the age of 64, John retired. And, you know, he didn't retire doing nothing, of course, because he was super driven. He retired and uh, joined this group called the Tech Coast Angels in La Jolla, California. Okay. This is a super cool group. It's a nonprofit. And basically, they give money to biotech startups. Okay. It's awesome. It's like a bunch of wealthy people that want to help the industry. Okay. And it was a perfect place for John. He became the board member very quickly. And they said he had a very keen sense of business and was able to sift through startups quickly, look at their financials, see if it made sense. And, you know, it was a good investment. But besides the big tech, big pharma, and the startups, John was super, super passionate skier. He would ski in the Swiss Alps every year. Beautiful. Yeah. And he loved going with his sister, who still lived in the UK, on these ski trips. Okay. He also would go with a couple friends from San Diego, like his best buddies. They were named Beth and Manny Martinez. Okay. And I, uh, Beth and... Manny still live in the San Diego. I saw their Facebook page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they share a Facebook page? No. Okay. Thankfully. I mean, okay. They do look like know. a perfect family. You're guilty if you do. Yeah, right. Pretty much. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. And they look real cute. They have like kids and all their family pictures are really super on point. Okay. okay. At one point... John's sister mentioned that he brought his friend Kent Kegwig to the ski trip. And actually, she said that Kent just kind of showed up in the Swiss Alps with his daughter. And that's rando. Yeah. And he was he's like, oh, yeah, John invited me. And John was trying to like play it off like, yeah, OK, cool. Let's hang out. But this guy was like making crass jokes and talking about how he got his girlfriend a boob job and. They were like, okay, dude, weird. Yeah. Like, we're not down with that. And he was staying at some dumpy motel down the street. (laughs) And he couldn't keep up on the Black Diamonds. Like, he was, like, more than he said he was, you know. So John kind of, like, you know, you've had those vacations where you kind of just, like, a friend is there or, like, a friend or an acquaintance is, like, at the same place. And then you're like, oh, yeah, we're busy. Yeah. Yeah. I think they kind of did that. 
Yeah. So this Kent guy hung out for a while, but then he like headed himself back home. Mm-hmm. Couldn't keep up with the Joneses or the Watsons. Okay. Okay. So now back at home in the La Jolla, John, you know, single guy, not fancy with his money. He drives a 14-year-old car, which okay. 14 years old, a car, so old, isn't it? Okay. I'm, yeah, like, you're, but you're taught, look who you're talking to. Okay. You just got a new car. Yeah, I just got a new car, but my previous vehicle was a 2005, which would make it 14 years old. Oh. okay Gretchen drives okay it's not that old then 2005 my mom drives a 1998 car okay that's old that's old yeah yeah but if you have like 15 million dollars in the bank and you're driving a 14 year old car you don't need to you're just doing it because you don't you know some people are just like that yes and he was and he lived in this two bedroom apartment right here and it's not fancy is it Gretchen no. No, it was not fancy. He's just kind of like a normal dude. But you know what John did love to do, which I love to do? Work out two hours a day. Oh. And by working out, I mean, he would go windsurfing, running, cycling, play tennis, rollerblade. Well, the beaches down here are spectacular. And the paths and everything. Yes. All around. That's why he lived here. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, dude, this is my kind of guy. Yeah. I would be his best buddy. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't date him because he's way older than me. But. (laughs) (laughs) Preston's looking at me like. You said he was hot. I said he was good looking. Okay. Okay. But he's older than my father. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, I mean, some people do that and it's fine but I'm happily married anyway so let's just not even go there but I'm just saying he loves to do what I love to do and if I was retired I'd be doing that same thing okay okay now he was also part of like the sailing club Mm, you know yeah I love those clubs yeah I mean I don't belong to one my uncle does but I think it's like a good place to meet people and For friends sure. and Dr. Laura, I think, is in the She's sailing club. She's a big sailor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She would probably suggest, you know, somebody called the other day like up to sailing. Dr. Laura. Yeah. And they were asking dating advice and she's like, uh, where do you meet the guys? Where are you going for like dates? Yeah. Sailing club. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyhow, he meets this guy. That's where he met this guy, Kent, who showed up on the ski trip. Oh. And he's super private, this John guy. Okay. But Kent was a financial advisor and loved talking stocks. And so did John, right? So I think that's kind of how they became friends because Kent would always talk stocks with John and kind of like that. But Kent really tried to, you know, befriend John. Yeah. Kent, let me tell you a little about Kent real quick. Okay. He was a 50 eight-year-old CPA that had worked for big firms like UBS and Morgan Stanley. Uh Uh-huh. You know those? That's impressive. Yeah, it is. And even more impressive, and I'm not, this is not verified, but I read a few reports that this, this is what he claims. He claims in the 70s, he worked for the Shah of Iran. 
where he built their accounting system. Okay. Although I feel like in the 70s, it probably wasn't that complicated. Right. <laughs> There's not even computers. Yeah, one hardly. of those giant IBMs. Yeah. So Kent was let go from Morgan Stanley, and then he got a job at another company where he sold insurance for commission. You know those jobs? Yes, I do. Those are hard jobs. I could never do it. You I'm have a horrible to... salesperson. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. Tabitha could. Tabitha I could, could do anything. it. Yeah. But I don't like doing that because that's a, I mean, I am a hustler, but that is like a hustle and a half. You know, yeah. you have to go to those sailing clubs and like schmooze and booze and yeah. And you're only getting commissions, so you don't even have the money to do the schmoozing and boozing, Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that Kent was really looking at John to like, I don't know, buy his insurance policy or something. And John was like, oh, you know, I'll go sailing with you a couple times. He went cycling with him. But he didn't really love Kent's personality. Yeah. Right. I think that Kent was kind of like, John's this prestigious British guy. And Kent is this maybe a little WT. Yeah. White man. Yeah. He's a sidler. You know, he sides up. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So John was one of those guys that sent these emails to like his whole entire friend contact list that are like jokes. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad we're past that phase in life. Right. But were you ever in that phase of life? I feel yeah. Like like before I get Facebook and everything, I got a lot of the, you know, those emails. No, I, I never get emails anymore. No, but my mother-in-law and my father-in-law still send me some of those that they like forward that they think their friends are so funny. And I see like it's like 50 people on the CC line. And I think it's an older generation. Yeah, it's an older generation thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't do the social media. So they're still on like, yeah, let me send you that funny joke. And one of John's friends said that at one point they saw that Kent wasn't on the friends CC list anymore. (laughs) So... He basically said, you know, John was like over this pesky guy. Yeah. Pesky. That's a good word. I feel like that's the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the vibe is. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That's a better word than like maybe WT, but. Yeah. And Seidler. Yeah. Pesky. It was pesky. Yeah. And crass. Yeah. And crass. Yeah. So. In 2009, John got a couple calls that from these like financial institutions were like, hey, thanks for signing up for your new bank account. Oh, shoot. And he's like, what are you talking about? I didn't sign up for no bank account. And then I think he got like an E-Trade one. It's like, thanks for signing up. And uh, so he took it to the police. He's like, hey, you know, somebody's so yeah, good over here. And he did mention it to one of his um, financial guys at one of his banks. Yeah. Know, like, hey, somebody's trying to get on on my shit. Yeah. But anyways, move on. You know, what do you do? You like. Yeah. Identity theft. It happens. It happens. Yeah. We all know it happens. So on Tuesday, June 7th, 2010, John had a board meeting at the Tech Angels, and it was an important one. John was to be the first to present, 
and he never showed up. Oh, no. Now, John, being the single dude, doesn't Mm -hmm. really have anybody to, like, check on him, right? Yeah. So this, you know, his closest, like, his sister is in the UK, and then he has these, like, friends. But, you know, nobody's, like, oh, and John doesn't own a cell phone. Wow. Okay. Okay. So his friend and fellow board member, Dr. Barry Kasser, became alarmed because basically this is not like John at all. Like he never is a no-show. And he decides after the board meeting, he's going to go to John's apartment and see what the heck is going on. Yeah. So he goes over there, gets the security (laughs) guard from, I guess, the apartment complex, and they head right up to John's apartment and they knock super loud and nobody answers. And the security guy opens the door. Now, John wasn't the cleanest guy, so his apartment was messy. Drawers were open and stuff was around, but they were like, I don't know if it's a burglary or not. Yeah. Right? And Barry noticed there was like an open bank statement on the counter, but also that doesn't seem weird to me either. And they go inside John's room and they find him laying face up in his underwear, dead. Face up. Face underwear. Up. Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But nothing looks super suspicious. Like there's not. Not like a pool of blood. Crazy. No. No, no blood. There are like a couple scratches on his body, but, you know, he's like a super active guy. So. And it's La Jolla. Yeah. You know. There yeah. is no crime in La Jolla, let me tell you. When yeah. we were staying down here and I was searching for, like, crimes, I think there's been, like, three murders in 10 years. Well, listen, it all is happening downtown where the crime conners are hanging out. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. We got out of there. It's definitely not happening in this sleepy yeah, town. I mean, it's happening. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to live downtown. I'm not a downtown girl. I would live in La Jolla in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. I'd yeah. Live in La Jolla. Yeah. So, you know, the investigators, they, from the coroner office, determined that John must have died of natural causes because the, like, injuries on his body were not, like, life-threatening. Okay. Right? They noticed that the lividity had set in. And you know that lividity. It's like yeah, where the blood the, pools. Yeah, the blood pools. And wherever it's pooled is where they know, like, the body had been sitting or died. Right. And then they can kind of tell how long the body has been dead. So they see that the body's been dead for at least a day. And they look around for, like, any emergency contact. And all they find is... His friends, Beth and Manny Martinez's number for an emergency contact. Because, you know, he didn't have a cell phone. I bet the guy remembered every single person's number that he ever called. Oh, yeah. Yours is like the only phone number that I still know. And I had to force myself to memorize my husband's. Because he changed (laughs) his number. Yeah. I do know a couple people's numbers also. But that's it. I mean, I used to remember all of my Everybody's. Oh, yeah. But I do know my driver's license number and my credit card number off the top of my head. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Makes buying online easy. Yeah. (laughs) So 
they call Beth and they let her know that John had died. And Beth shows up on Wednesday. Okay. Okay. To be exact. And she's like, where is John's computer? This doesn't look right. So she calls up the investigator and is like, this looks like foul play to me. And. Ooh, good job. Yeah, go Beth. Yeah. And that same day, Dr. Barry Kesser stops by also, you know, the guy that found him. And he's like, something isn't right here. John is like the epitome of health. He's not just going to kill over. Yeah. Like something is going on. And they both tell the investigator, like, did you do an autopsy? Yeah. We're like, no, we didn't do an autopsy. Of course not. Like, come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So the body was like basically going to the crematory and was halted. And And they probably didn't treat it like a crime scene and like. Oh, no, 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 no. They did not treat it like a crime scene. So let me tell you, Dr. Kesser also decided to call John's bank and see if there had been any transfers made. Because what happened, I think when he saw the bank statement on the counter, yeah, he noticed it was like $11.9 million in the bank. And he, I think he just thought like, that's, this guy's got a lot of money. Yeah. And we just want to make sure. Yeah. So the bank guy that he called, he was like, no, there's not been any transfers, but I'm going to make a note of it because John did tell me that. You know, he was, people were trying to open bank accounts in his name. Yeah. And then the very next day on Thursday, it pinged. And there was a transfer that was made for $8.9 million. Whoa. hmm So they were like, this is a crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. Now... On Thursday, before it was a crime scene, because like you now, now you have to get like a warrant to go in and yeah, it's different. Yeah. They left and they even let people in his apartment, like Barry and Beth, right? How would you pull this off? You would have to transfer that money to like some like offshore account where they would never, because otherwise it would just be like. Where they could never get it again or something. And where they could not find you. Like I think some of those like little countries will like hide your money for you, not reveal your identity. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure you could do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That that's not how this case ends up. Thankfully. Thankfully. Okay. Good. So like I said, they turn the body around and on Thursday, this man stops by the front desk at the apartment and gives the receptionist a package for John. He said that he left his wallet in his car, and the manager told this friend that John had unexpectedly died because at this point she has she thinks that just like what the coroner said is he just you know croaked. Yeah. The man started to cry and left, and there was a pack. The note in the package it said J from K. I'm returning your wallet. And keys you left in the car. Your answering machine does not work. You need to get an electronic one. 
missed you at dinner. Hope nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So on Friday is finally when the search warrant was put in for John's apartment. And mind you, he died on Sunday. Oh, geez. And this is a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. It is a long time. But they go in and they start investigating. And all of a sudden, this guy shows up out of the elevator. And the investigator is standing outside of the apartment. And the guy is like, weird. He has a baseball cap on. And he kind of just freezes. And he's like, uh, oh, well, uh, wrong floor. And the investigator is like, the detective is like, Mm, who are you? Yeah. He has scratches all over his face, too. So the guy is like, oh, I think you're somebody we want to talk to. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, guess who it was? Kent. Kent. Listen, these criminals, they cannot help but insert themselves in the case. Yeah, that's what they say. And this guy for sure was, I mean, he showed up. And investigators are on to that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So he had scratches on his face. He couldn't like talk. He was like a bumbling idiot. Mm. And they search him. He has a backpack on. They search him. He's got a dust dust mask on or a dust mask inside his backpack. John's keys to his apartment, a taser. Then they go to his car and he has John's computer. Of course. Oh, geez. Now. Uh, I'm going to go back to the autopsy since they just finally finished. And they see that John has two horseshoe-shaped, like, hyroid bone. I think it's like that bone, like, right under your neck. It was fractured. Okay. So he was strangled to death. Oh. And he had these two little burn marks in the back of his back. Oh, yeah. From the taser. Yeah. So basically, this so-called friend Kent, what I like to call, a.k.a. douchebag, Uh of the century. Okay, douchebag of the century. In early 2009, he was the one that was actually trying to steal the identity. That's what we come to find out. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you know? He began by opening Yahoo account, like an email account under John's name, but he managed it. And he also opened those bank accounts. And he was making these web searches that <laughs> said, like he Googled, mentality of the rich. Okay, so what year did this crime happen? 2010. Oh, okay. Not that long ago. Yeah. but So he was like stalking them for like a minute. A couple years. Yeah. 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 I mean, he tried to be creepy. I mean, real creepy. I don't know if he tried to get him to invest and then got real. He got in some dire straits, I think. You know, I have a good I have good creep radar. That's good. It's sometimes people think like you think I'm like being kind of a bitch, but I'm like, nope, nope. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but now I think as you're getting older, you're more like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. I still, I still, I think, 
don't have the best creep radar. No, I don't think you or, do. But I do. Friend radar. I don't know. Anyways, so we find out that Kent is the one that's been stealing John's identity. He has Googled mentality of the rich because I guess he wants to take over. Take over. Yeah. Uh, he also Googled how to pick locks. And what they determined was Kent had placed a GPS tracker on John's car to track his every move. Super creepy. Yes. Then he buys a taser uh, under his friend's name, like another guy's name, but has it sent to himself. And this is like a crazy taser. It releases 50,000 volts of electricity. And what it says is basically it shoots these two little pings Uh at you. And it's like super crazy jolt. Like you're hanging onto a jackhammer with pain. Yeah. Okay. And it lasts for 30 seconds. So Kent devises this plan to track John, then go pick his lock, hide inside of his apartment, and wait. And then once John got home, I, you know, because they found him in his underwear. So I think what had happened, and they don't, I mean, nobody knows exactly, but let me just tell you my version of my head after reading all this stuff is that he goes to get in the shower because, you know, he's like a very um, active guy. Yeah. So he goes to get in the shower. He takes his clothes off, but not all of his clothes. Yeah. Probably walk back into his bedroom and Kent unleashed the taser on him. They also thought that Kent probably had to do the taser twice because John was a fighter. Kent had bite marks on him. Oh my gosh. And scratches all over his face so i think that john went down like with a super fight yeah and kent's dna was under john's fingernails they did find that in the autopsy thankfully and then kent takes john's wallet his credit cards financial statements and on monday morning he heads himself right to the bank to transfer that 8.9 million dollars into one of those other accounts that he had opened. Yeah. And he uses his credit card, his ID. Like he becomes John in one day. Kent also goes to the post office to do a change of address under John's for John. Listen, you're going to rob 8.9 million you, he should have made himself disappear on one of those islands. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, also should have gotten rid of the body because they would have figured out it was him because everybody knows this Ken creep is in the picture. But without a body, it will really slow things down. I mean, you could get yourself like far, far away and set yes. up. Yes. If anybody wants to know how to be a criminal, just call up Gretchen because I'll give she's you some real very good advice. <laughs> very good at knowing exactly what to do. This Kent guy, I'm like, are you a complete idiot? Yeah. Like, none of this is going to go your way ever. Yeah. You're going to stay in San Diego? Delusional. And doesn't he know this guy? Probably he's got people that are going to inherit his estate. They're all going to be like, hey, where's $8.9 million? Yeah. We're going to need that. I know. Yeah. I mean, all of it to me is just like, like, what the Weird. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. So 
you know, I mean, he got caught right away because he just yeah. showed up, you know, but he was going to get caught regardless. Like we just said, like his mistakes were like, oh, yeah. And I'm sure when they start interviewing his friends, they're like, well, there is this one guy. Yeah. The creepo. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't even matter because they already had him because he showed up at the apartment and they yeah. arrested him right there. They're like, oh, there's the, there's, there's the, guy. the guy making my job real easy. Yeah. You know, um, and then Kent tried to plea for a second degree murder. But the DA's like, uh, no, thank you. We have like an overwhelming amount of evidence on yeah. you. And he was sentenced to life in prison for first degree murder. Okay, good. Good. John's family also donated a million dollars to the Tech Angels. Oh, good. Oh, I like that also. And I wanted to show you um, Kent's Facebook page real quick. All right, so there's his Facebook profile. I can't even believe his profile is still up. It is. It's limited. You could see a few pictures and, like, some things that you But enough. He looks like Santa Claus. Yeah, he does. (laughs) He looks like your grandpa or, like, anybody's grandpa. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is going to sound off, but I'm like, okay, first of all, he's pretty old, and he looks like he's living a pretty comfortable life. Like, you've gotten through life this far. You're going to, like, screw it all up. And he has, like, grown daughters by, like, devising this crazy taser strangling <laughs> so crazy. is that just because you're like so old that life in prison doesn't it's not that big of a threat anymore or what i don't know it's crazy it's it is so crazy it's crazy yeah. yeah i mean these pictures he's on like he's cycling he's on a trip he's i mean he's living the life he lives in san diego it's not bad no. but john at one point did tell somebody that the guy was like in real financial dire straits. And so I just, I think he kind of lost his marbles. Yikes. And it's unfortunate because John had like a longer life to live. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is not okay. Yeah. So even if you want to strangle somebody for money, don't do it. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. I don't advocate that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Want to make sure, Gretchen. <laughs> yeah. So that's the story of John Watson from La Jolla and Kent Kegwig in jail for murder. Murder. First degree. Yeah. So what is the, what's the moral of the story? Okay. One, if John was married, this wouldn't have happened. Yes. Okay. That's true. That's that's a good point. I'm going to also tell you that I think if you have money, you should just spend it. You know, I know I used to work at this um, little hole in the wall in Montecito. Yeah. The yeah. Sushi. The sushi place. And a lot of people with a lot of money would just not drive nice cars and, you know. Yeah, I mean, not spent. And then I would go home and, you know, I would see their name on their credit cards. So I'd like Google, like whatever, <laughs> and see they're worth like $400 million, you know? Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I get it. Like, I don't think you need to be flashy, but you know, I mean, at least maybe live in something that's not like an apartment where any Joe Schmo can just like 
get up the elevator, you know, like yes. maybe if he had a security gate. Yes, that's He what could I'm have saying. been in one of those like high rise security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you just have to protect yourself. Yeah. I, so that's the moral of the story. If I you agree. got millions, then maybe you need a. All right. I'll, when okay. I get my millions, I'll I'll take that into account. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm getting Gretchen a money tree because um, she said that she <laughs> got me one once. And so <laughs> that's her next present I'm giving it to her. I just told her that this weekend. And that's all from our down in San Diego trip. I know. Yeah. Gretchen's coming up this week also to my house. We can record I again. Know, that's all, folks. All right. Let's head four hours home. Hopefully there's not a lot of traffic. Yeah. All right. Clink, clink. How was your, how was your bloody? So good. I'm so good. Ready to go. All right. Hit that traffic. <laughs> She's not driving, that. by the way. We no, have our husbands, husbands here to drive. Driving. All right. Okay. See you next time. Oh, well, I mean, because we always say it. If you love us, give us a five star. Oh, yeah. Five star rate us. Yeah. We're, we're moving up on the ranks, guys. So thank you so much. We've gotten some really good comments. We real appreciate them. Also, follow us on Instagram, Housewives of True Crime. Facebook. We also have a close Facebook group. Mm-hmm. If you're tired of hearing that, you can end the session earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love you to join. Yeah, thanks for listening. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.